Wrestling fans, are you ready? Yes, 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 yes. For the thousands in attendance and the millions watching around the world, uh, let's get ready to rumble! What's going on, guys? Welcome back to WrestleRant Radio for Thursday, February 4th, 2021. I am Graham G.S. Matthews. Hope you guys are doing well. We got Mr. Marceau on the line, as always, to help me break down Sunday's Royal Rumble pay-per-view, Raw, NXT, Dynamite. That's coming up shortly. But before then, we have my exclusive interview with Edge that went live this morning on both Bleach Report in article form and on my YouTube channel, youtube.com backslash Graham G.S. Matthews in audio form. So, be sure to check out all these interviews before they go up here on the show, both on Bleach Report and YouTube, so check it out there before they go live here on the show. But before we get to that, real quickly, you can check out new episodes of WrestleRant Radio every single Thursday on WrestleRant.com, WrestleRantRadio.com, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio, Google Play, and Podbean. Uh, rate the show, review the show, subscribe to the show. Your support is greatly appreciated. Never miss an episode as soon as they go live every single Thursday. It's been a stacked month of January. We're in February now, but the last couple of weeks we've had Stone Cold Steve Austin on the show, Keith Lee, Roman Reigns, AJ Styles. We keep the roll running on here today with the rated R superstar, the winner of the men's Royal Rumble match on Sunday. Please welcome at this time, Edge. Hey, Graham. Hey, how's it going, Edge? How are you? I'm good. How are you? Doing awesome. Obviously, coming off the Royal Rumble last night, 11-year anniversary of when you won it the first time. Big, big moment. How does it feel to have just won the Royal Rumble, obviously, considering the circumstances and whatnot, of on this day, January 31st? Uh, It's very surreal. Uh, If I'm being perfectly honest, I feel like, um, you know, like the old beat-up body of a truck in a junkyard is what I feel like today. But, um, Mm. but, But emotionally... I feel great. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, it, it's nuts. It really is, you know, and it, it, it's just stuff that's happening that you can't write. It's, it's this weird serendipitous thing that's, that's just happening. And I, I, I've tried to put my finger on it. I've tried to explain it to myself even, or, or like continue to pinch myself over this kind of year and a half long period. And I'm just going to stop doing that and really just savor that this is happening and and enjoy every moment of it that I can just soak it all up. Just an amazing moment. And it was so different from last year when you came back, obviously very different circumstances, no fans in the building this time around. Uh, When does it really start to set in for you? Because obviously you get that instant reaction last year, which was an all time great moment. Is it when you go through gorilla? Is it when you talk to your wife and kids afterward? Is it when you look on social media? When does it really start to set in like, holy crap, I I just did that. Honestly, last night, um, there was so many levels because like you said, it's not like last year. And I knew it couldn't be like last year. Last year was once in a lifetime. 
there's never going to be another time where I'm off for nine years and have fought back from this injury that was supposed to be the end of my career. That's not the case. So this year I have to treat it differently, not only from a creative standpoint, but, but also from a, a mental and emotional standpoint and understand that there is no audience this year. So let's announce it and let's, let's try and get some buzz going into this thing. And let me start telling this story of, this guy who who never lost his championship and now he wants it back. He's refocused because he understands that this window is not as wide as he even thought it was. And he even knew it was not that wide to begin with, but it's even smaller. Um, That to me is a really interesting angle to go at this because it's true. And if there's truth in this, it's going to work because Mm -hmm. if, if I'm speaking truth as a character, you can just sense it. You just know there's authenticity there. And and that's really what I'm going for with this. Mm -hmm. Now, last night, add in Christian and it just adds in so many different emotional highs. And we went back to his house and we just sat down and we had a shot of whiskey together and went, that just happened. Mm -hmm. We just did that. Like we somehow, we both find ourselves here doing this thing that we were both told we were not ever supposed to be able to do again. And it was just a really, really nice moment to have together in what has become a lifetime of amazing things that has happened to us within our friendship. So again, at this stage in life, really understanding to savor this and be present in the moment and, and soak it all in and just enjoy it because I never thought it would happen. He never thought it would happen. And, and for it to be able to go back to his house and just kick back, put our feet up, you know, slowly (laughs) as we grunted (laughs) and just to have that moment. And, you know, we had a couple of cookies. (laughs) Yep. I don't what kind of cookies were they? Chocolate chip, and they were so good. <laughs> oh, perfect. Can't get much better than chocolate chip. Well, it's great that you mentioned I, Christian because it, it really was such an amazing moment when he came back because you came back last year, and I don't think people really thought at that moment, okay, Edge is back, but there's no way Christian is coming back too. And we saw him a little bit, you know, a few months later, right after you got hurt at Backlash, you came back to the thing with Orton for a night, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. It wasn't cleared at that point. We see him last night. We hear the music hit and you're thinking, okay, he won't get physical. And then he's in there for 20 minutes. He's among the final four with you in there, which is awesome. Uh, how far in advance did you know about that? Cause when is him, when his music hits, we see that smile on your face when you're laying on the ground, which made for a great shot. Then the obvious hug, it just made for such a great moment. Well, you know, I, I known he's been cleared for a few months and wow. um, so we, we knew and we we're just keeping it under wraps just because we didn't know what, what was going to happen, what creative was or anything like that. So it all just, that all just kind of came together last minute. Um, but the reaction that I had when he was coming down, again, it speaks to what I said before truths. Mm-hmm. An audience can tell when something is truly affecting a performer and seeing him, get that back and walk down that ramp crowd or no crowd. I was just so happy for him. You know, I, I, I can't explain how happy I was for him to be able to get that back and, and hopefully be able to get a proper send off that his career, that his work, his body of work deserves. And 
just to see him come down and be in there for it. That was so great. Um, mm-hmm. And what that camera caught was genuine and real. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was just, uh, it was one of the best photos coming out of last night. Not only you winning the Rumble, but the hug that we got to see you and Christian embracing right before that was just simply surreal, like you said. Uh, so you made your return this year. You announced it on Raw last week, made the shocking return last year. I know we actually spoke for a Vikings interview a couple of years ago to promote that okay. show. Yeah. Yeah, and we were going to do it again after that for season six, and then they had to cancel it. And I'm thinking, hmm, maybe it has something to do with the Rumble return. That was like deep down, but you don't actually believe it until you see it. You know what I mean? So then you come back. Yeah. I'm like, oh, okay, that, that makes a lot more sense now. Um, how do you guys manage to keep these returns a secret? Because before, obviously last year, but especially this year, before we saw you come back on Raw last week with that promo, there was no word that you would be in the Rumble. So how do you manage to keep this stuff a secret until it finally happens? Well, no one knows except me. So I... I I've learned to keep where I'm at to myself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then, Smart. Um, yeah, I've, I've learned that kind of needs to be the way. And, and yeah, just, I, I, when I get the clearance, I call the big man and say, okay, mm-hmm. I'm cleared. And then I just leave it at that and, and, and kind of take it from there. Um, and with, with Christian, um, it was actually easier I think because of the pandemic to keep it so, so quiet, uh, you know, because last year there was the, the challenges of, okay, you're flying in, yeah. you, you, you know, but I mean, I took a private plane. I did, you know, they had a car waiting for me. I felt like, you know, the president, you know, and, and <laughs> they, they, they snuck me in and they, you know, all of these things sequestered me in the, the Houston Astros manager's office. Like it was mm-hmm. just, it was so clandestine and it was, it was kind of fun, but <laughs> it was also very stressful. And this year with, with Christian's experience, it was so much easier because we got to the arena. There's nobody here. It's just mm-hmm. our crew. So um, it was much more relaxed and much more able to kind of keep these things under wraps because at the end of the day, Anytime we keep something under wraps like that, it's for the fan base Mm -hmm. to get that visceral, real reaction, whether it's at home or whether it's in the arena. Um, Mm -hmm. It's for that experience, for the crowd's experience. Um, And anytime you can do that nowadays with social media and everything, it's so rare to be able to pull Mm -hmm. it off. So when you can, you got to go for it. the reason I didn't, for instance, this year with the Rumble is because we can't recreate last year. Again, that was once in a lifetime. So why try? You mm. can't match that. We don't have an audience to match that experience, to match that feel. So is it going to be a surprise if Edge comes out? Oh, well, yeah, but it's not going to be like last year. So mm. let's flip it and let's make it entirely different. Yeah. And it worked and it just makes for a great story going into WrestleMania. Um, and obviously the reaction to the rumble win was very positive and there's always going to be a few detractors. Those talking about the whole part-timer thing without kind of realizing that your victory makes for one of the stronger stories that you could possibly tell right now going into WrestleMania. What do you say to that argument about the whole, Oh, a part-timer wins the rumble, blah, blah, blah. Kind of not really realizing that there's a lot more to it than just that. Well, there is more to it, but those people also don't know my work ethic. I don't consider myself a part-timer. If I'm in the hunt for the championship, I'm here every week. That's yeah. the way I operate. I don't care what my contract says. So mm-hmm. everybody knows that here too. So um, 
that's the way I operate. And if that's where you want me figured in, then I'm going to be here because mm-hmm. that's the way Adam Copeland does things. So I don't care what other quote unquote part-timers do. I know what I do and that's what I do. So if people want to complain that I'm here every week and get sick of that, I'm sure they will. And they'll, they'll find <laughs> another reason because some people are just malcontents. Um, yeah. But I plan on just trying to create one hell of a story going into WrestleMania and wherever it goes off of that, not up to me, but wherever it goes, if they want me here, I'm here. Um, you know, I put my acting career on hold to do this because this is my first love and this is what I do best. And I wanted to come back and I wanted to be able to, you know, hopefully impart some wisdom to a whole lot of talent here that is so talented and it's really exciting for me. I never thought I'd get this opportunity again. So I'm, I'm going to take advantage of it. And uh, if they want to create and craft something that, that causes me to be here, then I'm here. Mm-hmm. And final question for you, just as we come off the awesome Royal Rumble match and we head into WrestleMania, what appeals to you the most about facing either current champion Drew McIntyre or Roman Reigns? And now McIntyre, you've had a handful of matches with. I think people forget that, you know, a decade ago before you retired. You guys have some history. You and Roman tangled a little bit in last year's Royal Rumble match. Uh, so what appeals to you about facing either guy, assuming they're still champion come WrestleMania? I mean, either guy, you, you can't go wrong. Uh, mm-hmm. With, with Drew, the Drew that I faced, you know, uh, 10, 11 years ago, was a different person entirely. Mm-hmm. That being said, the edge that Drew would face now is a different performer entirely. That's intriguing mm-hmm. to me. Um, I really respect what Drew did. I really respect the, the, the path that he took and his road back here. It's very redemptive. And, and I... I respect that. I appreciate that. And he's a sponge. You know, mm. he's, he's the kind of guy that's, that's constantly asking me, what do you think about this? What do you think about that? And I am more than happy. I'm always there for that. So there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of similarities in regards to our, our character traits and our personality traits. And, and that's something that can easily be played upon. Um, now with Roman, what's so intriguing about that is the dichotomy in terms of character. That's fun too, because you, you have this head of the table, this, you know, almost like a, a mafia leader. And then you have Rocky <laughs> trying to, <laughs> to get this thing back mm. and knowing that there's only so long you can do it. So he's just got to try and, and I mean, either way, to me, the, the story is going to be compelling. Um, mm-hmm. And honestly, I, I really can't go wrong. And that's a great place to be. Um, whichever direction this goes, I just feel like I'm, I'm going to be able to help tell a really, really compelling story that I hope people enjoy. Definitely. Definitely. Well, regardless of who you face, Edge, the story writes itself, and it's going to be super exciting to see you get your moment at WrestleMania 37 in Tampa, um, kind of after the moment was robbed of you last year at being Raymond James Stadium. It's going to be awesome to see you back at that stadium this year for Mania and the World Championship main event. So, Edge, thanks a lot for the time, man. It was awesome seeing you win the Rumble last night. Very much appreciate the time, dude. Thanks. Appreciate it, Graham. 
Big thanks to Edge for his time once again. Really enjoyed talking to him for a really cool conversation. But on that note, let's welcome in Mr. Marceau at this time to help me break down the Rumble, Raw, NXT, and Dynamite from this past week. Mr. Marceau, brother, how you doing? Doing good, GSM. How are you? Doing excellent. You enjoy Royal Rumble weekend on the whole? I thought it was pretty good. We got to talk about Rumble. We got to talk about Raw. We got to talk about NXT and Dynamite from last night as well. There's a lot to break down here on the show today. Um, but above all else, I was thinking of you when this happened. Carlito came back to the company on Sunday, and we also saw him on Monday's Raw. Quickly, what were your thoughts on that? Oh, great. I popped big. I mean, big Carlito mark back in the day. Um, didn't have the shirt that you've sent, the you spit or swallow. That's a little inappropriate. <laughs> I can't believe they sold power. that. What? I can't believe they sold that. I mean, the, the Mexicools one was your ass is grass and we're the lawnmower. So, I mean, I wouldn't say that's much better. But, yeah, I did not have that one. That one was a little too uh, inappropriate. But, uh, no, I mean, I, I was a big pop. He was probably one of the last probably ruthless aggression guys. I was really looking forward to going to uh, coming back and going in the uh, Rumble. So, I mean, that was a big pop. He looked great. I mean, looked he did. Better than he did, looked better than he did back, like, 15 years ago. So, no complaints from me, and I, I just thought it was a great cameo, and he looked good on Raw as well. Absolutely. Well, like I said, we got a lot to get into today from the Rumble to Raw to NXT and Dynamite. Um, a very, I, I would say, enjoyable week of wrestling. Some shows I enjoyed more than others. But on the WWE side, anyway, are you any more optimistic now than you were a week or two ago, Mr. Marceau, regarding the road to WrestleMania and what we might be getting at WrestleMania 37? Uh... Are you any more excited for it, I should say? Um, I think it's one of those things. I'm. I don't know if I'd say I'm more excited or not. I just. I think the road's gonna be a little bit different than normal, and I'm interested to see what happens. But besides that, I'm not. I'm not quite sure. Well, let's get right into it. We won't break down every match from start to finish from the pay-per-view, but the biggest news coming out of the week was the Edge Royal Rumble victory on Sunday. Had a lot of people talking, for better, for worse. I don't think anyone was overly shitting on it, but there were people, like, you know, you mentioned to me initially that you weren't a fan of it. Um, I don't think anyone had this overly negative reaction the same way, like, when Roman Reigns won six years ago or Batista won in 2014. Um, Not everyone was completely in favor of it the same way they were with, you know, say, Drew McIntyre a year ago. I was a fan of it personally. We'll get into that momentarily. Um, But let's start off with the obvious. Edge headed to WrestleMania with a championship match of his choosing. WWE Universal, maybe even NXT as they teased on Wednesday. Obviously, that's not happening. But the fact they even teased it was cool. We'll get into the NXT stuff later. Um, But Edge is the 2021 Men's Royal Rumble winner. I know we texted a little bit about this, Mr. Marceau. I want to get more thoughts on it from you. Why weren't you initially... I can see why you wouldn't be thrilled about it after we talked last week, but um, why weren't you in favor of initially, and what changed your mind over the course of Sunday and Monday? Um, I would just say initially, I just maybe because I was shocked more than anything, and I was just like thought that it should have been someone that hasn't won, or maybe someone that's currently on the roster, not not a veteran. I just, I mean, once Orton had that little like. He was out, and they kept mentioning it, how he was going to come back. I kind of figured it was going to be down to him and Edge, and then I didn't think Orton would win again just because it, it just doesn't need to happen. So I guess the story was there, and it, they kind of teased it the whole match, and at the end it kind of came to fruition. I mean, even my dad, who I wouldn't say he's, like, dialed into the product too much, but once Orton came out and then they kept mentioning it, probably around, like, 15, 16, he's like, oh, if anyone's definitely coming back, you know, at the end. I'm like, yeah, I mean, I'd already seen it, but, like, Everyone kind of knew that's where they were going, and that's what happened. But 
don't know. I just think Brian, I mean, Brian got eliminated a little bit earlier than I would have liked or even that's maybe that's what my biggest issue was. I just felt like at the very end, it was the only two people with the last four was probably going to be was either Edge or Rollins. So then once Rollins got and Rollins, I just, I don't know, maybe if Brian was left, it, I, I would have been more into it. I just feel like even with Rollins, Strowman, Christian and Edge being the final four, you kind of only figure that Edge was going to win the won the win. Strowman winning would have been a fucking joke. Love Strowman to death, but he just doesn't mean anything at this point. Christian, I just, I mean, I don't see him at that level. Edge made, made sense, and Rollins did just come back, but he also won the Rumble two years ago, so not like he really needed it. Maybe if Brian was left instead of Strowman or Christian, maybe I would have been more invested. But I just felt like once it was Edge and Rollins, you knew Edge was going to win, and then Orin came out and that stuff, so... I was kind of annoyed at that point, but I guess it is what it is. I just, I don't really know. For both sides, I mean, Roman seems like Brian's the most, seemed like he was the most obvious choice, but if it's going to be him and Edge, then it would be Sheamus and Sheamus and Drew, which seems like they plan the seeds on Monday. So maybe at first I was just pissed. I'm like, I don't want to see Drew and Edge. I thought it should have been Drew or Sheamus. So mm-hmm. I'm kind of reeling myself back in. I, I, I'm not as mad as I was before, but I mean, it was what it was. I wouldn't say it was the greatest Royal Rumble ever, so maybe that's what, what happened, yep. but it was what it was, I guess. Yeah, well, there's a lot to dissect here, and we're going to be all over the place from thoughts on the Rumble and Raw because they kind of intermingle with each other. They kind of uh, overlap and whatnot. The Rumble match itself, I completely agree. I thought it was good. I enjoyed it. I thought it was a pretty good Rumble. I thought of the two, gun to head, which was better. I would say women's. I thought that was a stronger match, although it wasn't entirely... Um, uh, cohe- not cohesive, consistent, I guess might be the better word to use. There were some, like, not dull moments, but, like, stuff that either didn't need to happen or just kind of slowed down at certain points, though I thought the pacing was a bit better in the women's than it was with the men's, and it was also more exciting, at least in my opinion. But uh, both yeah, matches... I, Go ahead. I thought you were going to shoot it to me. I thought, that, yeah, I, I would say... I think that I would say the women's... I enjoyed the women's more. I just... Even at the end, I felt like it just meant more, and I was kind of more into it. I thought that women had maybe more people who we thought could win, and at the end, it came down to those slut few people. Yep. So maybe that's why I think I was more invested in the women, because I thought at the end, any of these women could win the match. With the men, it was kind of select, and at the end, it was just like, eh. Once it got to the final four, you kind of figured it was going to be edge. So maybe that's why, but I, I agree. I think the beginning of the women's, at least, I don't know if they sped up the entrance, but it seemed like... They were coming out like every 45 seconds to a minute, and they didn't have an elimination for like the first 10 minutes, so it kind of seemed clogged in the beginning. But then once Charlotte and Rhea got in there, I felt like it picked up a little bit, and then it made more sense. But I, I would just say I enjoyed the women more than the men's. It must have been sped up at least a little bit, because the en- the men's match won, unless I'm mistaken, ended soon after Braun came out at number 30. And it wasn't like the, I mean, I'd have to go back and watch it. I'm not sure how long like that final stretch was before or after Braun came out with the women. I feel like Charlotte, Rhea and um, Bianca were in there for a while, specifically Bianca and Rhea. Like they had a pretty long, like it, it gave me Undertaker, Shawn Michaels vibes from 2007 and that, and I watched that rumble the night before. It's an, it's a fantastic rumble um, or the overall rumble I thought was good. The final stretch was overly just amazing. Um, but it, it says here that Bianca, and she came in at number three, so she started out relatively early. She was in there for 56 minutes and 52 seconds. You take away maybe 10 minutes after the 10, the uh, 30th entrant came out, 
So all 30 people came out in maybe like 45 minutes, let's say. With the men's, Edge was in there from the beginning, and he was in there for an hour and 32 seconds, or hour, minute, I'm sorry, an hour, zero minutes, and 32 seconds. And that final stretch wasn't really, really long, so it looked like the match was closer to an hour. So I didn't really notice that at the time, but the more you mention that, it, it more you know stands out to me. Not that it's that big of a deal. Um, I do agree with the final stretches for both Rumbles. I thought with the women's, I mean, I'll ask you right now, was that one of the best final stretches in terms of like, anyone could win, and I got asked this on Hashtag, and I know you listened to it already, but Batista Cena 05, it gave me those vibes, two rising stars, obviously 07, uh, Taker and Sean, I think is number one in terms of like the best final finishing sequence in a Rumble history, in a Rumble match history, um, this one has got to be up there though with Bianca, Rhea, and even Charlotte, because any one of those women could have conceivably, conceivably won that women's Rumble. Yeah, the ending the ending sequence is great. I I would have definitely taken an Italian away from the thirtieth. I think she just her as the thirtieth entrance did nothing for me. Um, and they also no, announced it in advance too. Yeah, which is stupid. Um, but no, Flair, Ripley, and Bianca. I mean, I, I I knew Flair had a chance, but it was obviously something no one wanted to see. So once Rhea and Bianca dumped her, I was like, holy shit! I kind of figured Bianca was going to win, and what she did. But I think it was great to see two younger up-and-coming superstars who haven't been in, like, that main spotlight or haven't won. Obviously, Ripley's won a few uh, NXT championships, but haven't won the big one. And coming down to them, it just, like, felt like it was, like, a new, I don't want to say a new brass, but, like, two new future stars that they could build around, which which is always great. And they basically threw out the top star. And so that was a big rep for them. And then the ending was great as well. So back to the men's rumble. We'll get to the women's rumble in a second again. I'm all over the place here. But with the men's rumble... Um, I, I, I do agree. I wish Daniel Bryan had been in there towards the end. Um, it wasn't quite as bad as 2015 when he was in there for 10 minutes and then he got bumped. That was stupid. And um, they expected people to uh, just kind of forget about it and instead they booed the entire time. There were no fans on this show. So if they knew that, at least in, in the arena. So if they knew Bryan wasn't going to win, it would have been very easy for them to put Bryan at number one or two have him last a little while, and then he gets eliminated halfway through. That would have significantly hurt my enjoyment of the match. So I'm very happy they didn't do that. He was in there for close to a half an hour, was Daniel Bryan, after coming out at number 17. Um, One upside, though, is that coming out of that 2015 Rumble, we had no idea where they were going with Daniel Bryan from there. He got bumped by Bray Wyatt. He didn't face Bray Wyatt at WrestleMania. It was a complete nothing elimination. At least this time, it looks like they are setting up, and we'll find out on SmackDown tomorrow night, a Brian Rollins match for WrestleMania. I've asked you a lot about AJ Styles. What could they do with him? On the SmackDown side, Daniel Bryan's still in the picture. Rollins is now returned. Do you have any excitement for Bryan and Rollins one-on-one at WrestleMania? Is that a good match to do for both men? It's at least something for them. I mean, that's marquee enough. I would say it's kind of, I'd put in the same kind of categories, Owens and Rollins from last year. Um, but no, I, I, these both these guys should be in a prominent match. They shouldn't be in the battle royal like AJ should be. Um, but uh, <laughs> oh god, but Rollins, we'll get to that. <laughs> but no, I think Rollins and Brian would be is a great match. There doesn't need to be a title on line. They can build a story up and make it a match. It's a marquee match that's not based around a title. So um, that that's definitely the direction I would go in if neither guy is going to contend for one of the major championships. 
Brian being eliminated by Rollins, I had no problem with that if it sets up a match. But by that same logic, does that mean that AJ Styles will have a WrestleMania match with Braun Strowman? I mean, who could possibly care? I mean, I don't think that's what they're doing, but honestly, who cares? Um, yeah, I mean, you discussed this on Hashtag. I mean, I was more joking that I thought AJ could be in the Battle Royal, but besides this rumored Triple H match, if that even comes to fruition, I just... Doesn't really seem like there's too many options that would make sense for a one-on-one match. They'd put AJ in. That's not like a B-show match or something that could be on Raw. I mean, looking at the Raw roster, like him and Braun, no. Him and Orton, no. Riddle, Sheamus, Bobby Lashley. Like, maybe Bobby Lashley, but I still think AJ's bigger than that. Like, I don't think he should be going for the U.S. title. Mm -hmm. So, it's just one of those things. If he's not against Triple H, I I honestly couldn't tell you who he, he should face. And it doesn't really seem like there's any dance partners with him. Maybe they could call someone up from NXT, but that still seems a little for us. Like, him and Priest just seems way too early, and I just wouldn't do that right now. So, AJ's in a predicament. I, I, I would say him and Triple H, if that's what happens, makes the most sense, because I don't think anyone else really would make sense one-on-one with him to be at least of a marquee match. So, him and maybe Seth and Daniel would be the SmackDown like marquee match, and then AJ and Triple H could be the Ross marquee match that doesn't have a title on the line but it'd be more how the hell they're going to get to AJ and Triple H to make it make sense and for people to care so we'll see what happens but I mean that's the direction I would go in mm-hmm. I obviously don't want to see him in the in the, in the battle royal because he's just way too good for that and shouldn't be relegated to that You're, he's one of their su- few superstars that they have so don't just waste them yeah no I agree um, but kind of on the same subject as the WWE Championship picture. We saw McIntyre beat Goldberg at the beginning of the show in very decisive fashion. The match only lasted two and a half minutes. It was a kickout fest of finishers, um, a couple claymores, a couple spears. Jackhammer almost had a heart attack when he hit the Jackhammer because almost no one kicks out of that. Maybe Brock has. Maybe Brock. Um, other than Brock, I don't know if anyone has ever kicked out of the Jackhammer. I'd have to go back and look. I know not many people have beaten Goldberg since he's been in the company. Um, Actually, I know he hit Taker with it because he almost fucking killed him with that move a couple of years ago. So maybe Taker kicked out of it, but I don't remember. Um, or no, wait, wasn't was it the Jackhammer? Yeah, I think it was. But I think Taker also hit Goldberg with a tombstone that almost paralyzed him. But nonetheless, uh, McIntyre beats Goldberg here pretty decisively, pretty quickly. Gets the endorsement afterward, exactly what it needed to be. We see Sheamus portray McIntyre the next night. So, um, where are we going from here? What were your thoughts on Goldberg and McIntyre, Mr. Marceau? And uh, with McIntyre and Sheamus, obviously they've been building towards this for a while. I like that as a match. I'm looking forward to the feud. But with McIntyre already accepting the match from Sheamus on Monday, the same night as the betrayal, it sounds like they're setting it up for a lot sooner than WrestleMania, if I had to take a guess. Yeah, I was kind of shocked that they did the, did the turn so quickly. I thought that was clearly the direction they're going at WrestleMania, so... Maybe they're not. Maybe they're going to do Drew and Sheamus in the interim and do him and Edge. I mean, I'm not sure. I, I just I, I thought the turn would be like maybe after Fastlane and then that's how you could build the WrestleMania. But if they're going to do it now, then clearly there's another direction they're going with, with, with Drew towards WrestleMania. But, I mean, the match for him and Goldberg was what it was. I mean, just a finisher fest and Drew winning was the right decision. I will say I did have a mini heart attack when when he hit him with the jackhammer, I'm like, holy shit, he's going to win. And he didn't, thank goodness. So, But, yeah, I mean, the match itself was what it should have been. No issues. And I would have pulled off Sheamus and Drew. I mean, if they're going to do this now, I doubt they're going to blow this over in two months. So 
I'm a little scared what they're going to do, but I, I would hold off until WrestleMania. Do you think it could be a case where we get the match at Elimination Chamber or Fastlane, which we are still getting like three weeks before WrestleMania, which makes absolutely no sense. Um, but do you think we get the match at one of these upcoming pay-per-views and then either it's a non-finish or I, I don't know if Sheamus would win the championship there and then Drew gets the belt back in Mania or they do another match where it's like no holds barred. Do you think they could do a match before then and then still set up a rematch for Mania where it has some sort of a stipulation or is it a case where they just get it out of the way and they set up the return of Brock Lesnar, and then he faces Drew at WrestleMania instead, or something along those lines. <laughs> I mean, now that you say that, it's probably what they're going to do. I, I would hold off doing it, like, just doing it out of one of those papers, just doing a non-finish, just, just kills the lust for me. If you're going to do it, do it right, and I would just wait until, I would just wait until WrestleMania to do it. Doing, like, in a fast line and then just running it back WrestleMania it just doesn't feel special because you already did it once already. So yeah. I, I would wait until I would wait until WrestleMania to do it. But like you said, knowing them, they'll do it at either fast fast line or elimination chamber, and then Brock will come back. So yeah. that's not what I want to happen. But now that you said it, it probably will happen. I, I say that just because I know they've done that before. I know they did that specifically, and it wasn't the WWE Championship, but I think a lot of people forget when Rusev lost to John Cena at WrestleMania after he came out in the fucking tank. Um, and then he proceeded to lose another two times to John Cena on pay-per-view. I think what people forget is that they had a match before that at the Fastlane pay-per-view, and Rusev won. I think he put the accolade on him. He didn't tap out, but it was typical Cena shit where he didn't tap out, but he passed out. So technically, Rusev won by submission. So he beat John Cena, and they set up a rematch anyway. They did the match at WrestleMania. Cena won. Everyone forgets about that because it was fucking Fastlane. It's a completely pointless pay-per-view. I don't know how many times I have to say this. Fastlane just is not necessary. At least Elimination Chamber could have some stakes. It's not a Raw or a SmackDown pay-per-view anymore. They're all dual-branded pay-per-views. So I think last year we had one Chamber match. I think we had one. I'm trying to think. Did we have two? The women had one. I know that. I I know the women had one. I thought they did another one, but I guess I don't think they did. I Let don't me think check. They did. I got the computer pulled up. Let me yeah, see if you it. could check real quick, I'm pretty sure they just did one with the raw women. And I thought I mean, they you did. Know, you know better than me, so honestly. But the fact that if I if there was one and I don't remember it, then uh, that's concerning. Not on my yeah, end, but in terms of no, like, there was one with the tag teams: Miz and Morrison beat New Day, Usos, Heavy Machinery, Lucha House Party, and Ziggler and Rude. That's what it was. I completely forgot about that. I remember it now, but I completely forgot about it. Holy shit. Um, yeah, that was a nothing pay-per-view. And what's sad about that is that that was the last pay-per-view that we had with fans, so that's that sucks. But uh, yeah, so what would you do for Elimination Chamber inside the Chamber matches or just one Chamber match? What Would you have it be a number one contenders match for one of these titles? Would it be an IC, US thing? Are, you think, are there any Chamber matches right now to you that stand out as being obvious or no? I mean, SmackDown has a ton of, like, middle-card guys, so maybe we could do something like that, either go for the IC or the for the heavyweight belt if they're not going to do Edge and Roman. Um, the women, I mean, I liked how, well, last year was the opportunity to face at WrestleMania, so, I mean, that's always good as well. I think that helps. You can still do a women's match on the show and then do something for an opportunity, so... I think there should be only two, like, don't overkill it. So I, I would just do something for either Opportunity or one of the belts. So maybe the Intercontinental Championship has its own match, and then you do something for 
the interim or an opportunity because I mean yeah Biggie Corbin um, Sammy uh, Apollo Apollo the Mysterios I mean Rollins is a little bit over that but I mean you can even throw him in there Daniel Bryan maybe so they have some guys that could go for that maybe that's how they set up Rollins and Bryan down the like continue that maybe they Bryan eliminates him and then Seth like attacks him after and he gets beat like something like that so I think that's possible but um it, like you said, at least it has stakes. Fastlane is just a waste of time. At least it's something that could change, or the matches are a little bit different than just normal. So I, I think that's what they should do, and, I mean, that's what I would do. What about with the Raw women? Do you think they could do one with the Raw women where someone gets an opportunity to face Asuka? Or I would assume, hopefully Charlotte wins. I didn't think, I doubt I would be saying this, but Charlotte could win the championship. She probably should win the championship before Mania from Asuka, maybe as soon as that pay-per-view. And then Rhea, Whip, uh, Rhea Ripley wins the chamber match. Could you see something like that happening? Yeah, that's possible. I, I think they have a decent amount of women on Raw that you could do that or do a number one contenders match. I mean, you have Peyton, Lacey, Charlotte, Alexa, um, not, I mean, Nia, Shayna. I mean, they have good. They have a decent amount of women right now that they could do that as well. I mean, they did it last year, and they I would say the women's divisions as. I, I would say they have more women now that people care about them than in last year. It looks like Shayna, Natalia, Liv, Oscar, Ruby, and Sarah Logan were last year. So people I just named off sound better on paper than than last year. So that I mean that sounds like a good idea as well. Is there any chance? And I'm very scared to be saying this or even putting this out there that there could be a number one contenders match for the WWE Championship that's won by Braun Strowman, and we get McIntyre and Strowman at WrestleMania. I just threw up on my mouth a little bit. I hope not. Because <laughs> it looked like they were setting that up for TLC before they went in a completely different direction because he got hurt, so they put AJ in there instead. I I don't know. I feel like there's enough directionless people on Raw right now where they would do that. I could see them putting Lashley, Riddle, Styles in there, Braun. Uh, Braun is supposed to be on the Raw roster. He returned on SmackDown. He wasn't on Raw on Monday. So I don't know what the hell's... I know AJ wasn't either, but... Braun just came back, so I thought that was a little weird. Um, not that I really care that he wasn't on the show. I thought it was a good show overall. But that does worry me thinking about it. Um, back to the men's rumble real quickly. Again, we had a couple of different you know, cameos, returns, whatever. Uh, you mentioned Carlito already. We'll get to that in a moment. Christian came back after seven years away, reunited with Edge, was in there for quite a long time. I thought it might be a case where... You know, he comes in, doesn't... Like, when when he came back last year, quote-unquote, when he returned to the ring against Randy Orton, he did nothing. He got fucking kicked in the head, low-blowed by Ric Flair, and that was it. And he didn't take any bumps, so he was okay. Um, but he has since been cleared, obviously. He was in this match for a while. He wasn't on Raw on Monday, but it was reported by PW Insider on Monday afternoon that he's apparently signed a part-time deal with WWE. So... Um, the Peep Master, whatever the hell, or Captain Charisma was his nickname back in the day. I know he was the you know the, the, the host of the Peep Show, whatever, back in the day. Christian has returned. Finally, you're on your own, or whatever the old theme song used to be um, back in WWE. What were your thoughts on the return of Christian, Mr. Marceau, and what do you see them potentially doing with Christian on the road to WrestleMania if he is indeed for back more for more than just one match? No, it was nice seeing him back. I mean, he had a good performance. He looked great. Um, kind of rekindling the story with him and Edge was good. Um, I mean, he can definitely still go, so depending on what they do with him, I think he could be utilized at WrestleMania correctly. I just really don't know what you do with him. Yeah, I'm not really sure. That's the thing. Um, well, he did tease something with Bobby. Bobby got eliminated as he was staring him down 
in the ring, and it's not like they have any history as far as I can remember, because Christian left the company around the time that Bobby came in, and then by the time Christian left TNA, Lashley arrived. So they never were really in the same place at the same time. And then Lashley came back, obviously, well after Christian retired. So could he be involved in a multi-man match for the U.S. Championship at WrestleMania? Is that a possibility? People have also pitched the possibility of him and AJ Styles. I mean, I think that'd be a great match. I'm not sure if it would be below AJ, but I think that would be better than putting them in a multi-man match, at least for AJ's sake. Yeah, that's a good idea as well. I didn't even think of that. I could do uh, Christian Cage versus AJ Styles. <laughs> the marginal one, CJ Miles. Yeah, so, I mean, that's also another, I mean, that's still another one. I mean, I don't know really how you set that up. I mean, I'm more interested to see how, if they did that, how they'd set that up as well. But, I mean, it's definitely a possibility. Christian, I mean, like I said, he looks great, so Mm -hmm. I don't think that would be below. I mean, he's a fucking legend, so I don't think that would be below AJ. I think that'd be a good match. I mean, it could be it could be Christian's final match. Who knows? Him going out with AJ Styles, who they've had history before uh, in TNA, so... I mean, I definitely would be. I wouldn't be against. It. I think putting him in that multi man might be a little bit below him at this point. But I think that one on one with AJ sounds nice. Yeah, I would love to see that personally. Um, Bobby Lashley is the current United States champion. He had a pretty good showing in the Royal Rumble. He was in there for well four minutes actually. <laughs> I thought he was in there for a lot longer. <laughs> Never mind. Um, but he looked. He he did eliminate Dominic Mysterio. He eliminated um, Damian Priest. So he did have three eliminations. He eliminated also Dominic. And King Corbin, too, which was interesting, uh, considering he's a fellow heel. We'll get to Damian Priest in a moment, but he wasn't in there for very long. Um, He was very dominant on Raw this week. They were supposed to do Lashley and Riddle, finally, for the United States Championship. This is just bizarre, because they did the match a couple weeks ago. We've discussed this, but they did the match a few weeks ago, and Lashley won clean, I'm pretty sure, in like two minutes. It's like, okay, so the feud's over, but it's not. Riddle earns another opportunity. You think, okay, maybe finally we're now we're going to get the competitive match on Raw. The match never even got started. Or no, it did get started, but Lashley quickly got himself disqualified, beat the fuck out of Riddle. Riddle has gotten his ass kicked every single week. And the booking of Riddle is so weird to me because it's not like they're burying the guy because they're giving him title opportunities. And he was also in the Rumble for a very long time. He was in the Rumble for 30 minutes, 31 minutes. That's a long time for someone they have no plans for. Um, but anyway, so he kills Riddle. To me, this seems like they're setting, they gotta be setting up Bobby for something. Is it a Brock Lesnar? What are they, where are they going here with Bobby Lashley? I would love to see him have a significant match at WrestleMania, but I'm not getting my hopes up. Yeah, I'm not sure. Like you said, he's killed, killed Riddle. It seems like at every turn. And I mean, they are building up, but like you said, I thought, I mean, I thought he lasted longer than four minutes with me. I don't know. I felt like he, whenever he, at least when he was in it, he was dominant doing something. So maybe he wasn't in it for a long time. But when he was in, he was doing something of note. But I, I thought he looked good on Sunday. And then you said four minutes. It kind of weighed that down a little bit. But no, I, I think he's definitely been one of the guys that they've protected a lot lately. And I mean, he's looked dominant. I mean, I, I, maybe he drops the bell. Or, hey, maybe Brock Lesnar goes to the United States Championship at WrestleMania. And, uh, <laughs> you never know. <laughs> You never I know. Mean, Lesnar's ever won. I mean, Lesnar's never even won that belt, so maybe, maybe he hasn't even it. fucking sniffed it. <laughs> he doesn't even know what it looks like. He doesn't even know it exists exactly. <laughs> Vince pitching at the Brock, like you're gonna go for the United States Championship. Like, what belt's that? <laughs> exactly. Is that a yeah. is that a United States passport or something? What is that? What the fuck is that? <laughs> so I mean, it's I mean that's the match I feel like everyone wants at this point. That, that, that's like Bobby Lashley dream match at this point, him and Lesnar. So may, maybe they continue some building them up, and then 
I mean, I wouldn't say build him up just to lose the belt just to face Brock. I mean, if he lost, then it kind of loses his luster. So, but I, who I, knows? I, I mean, know. that would be a pretty cool idea of him and Lesnar. I mean, for the even if it's for the United States belt, imagine if he beats Lesnar. I mean, that's even a bigger rub and make the belt seem more important and make Bobby more important. And then whoever beats him down the line would make it even bigger. So, yeah. I mean, it's a possibility. I mean, I think if the check's big enough, Brock will do anything. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. Tell Vince to uh, open up the checkbook, and I think I think they could. And down the line, make a future star. Imagine if Bobby beats Lesnar, and then he eventually loses the belt to Damian Priest. I mean, that that, that could do wonders for Priest and make him another big star. So yeah. that's what I would do. But knowing that, we're not getting that. We're gonna get Drew and Brock again. Yeah, we're definitely gonna get Drew and Brock again. Or worse, I, I'm not even really sure what's worse: Drew and Brock or Drew and Braun. Um, I would honestly, I might honestly prefer Drew and Brock again, just because they didn't really have a match last year, and we might finally get the match that I was hoping for last year. Drew and Braun just sounds like the fucking cure for insomnia. I have zero interest in seeing that match. So yeah, I'm a, I'm a Braun guy, and I have zero interest in seeing that match. And uh, he's just so creatively damaged. Uh, I don't know. It's just it's just hard to care. Um, but with Bobby though, yeah, I don't know. The thing the thing with Brock though, I have to say, is that. Bobby can go in there and have a pretty strong showing, I feel, um, and, and still lose. I don't think I don't think he has to beat. Bo- I mean, I would have him beat Brock, but Brock has already lost the last two manias. He lost to Drew. He's lost to Rollins. He lost to Roman Reigns before that. He's lost a little more than he should have the last couple of years. So if he goes in there and wins, I'm okay with that as long as he looks strong in defeat. But again, be careful what you wish for. I fucking say that, and they're doing like a two minute squash, and it's like, okay, what was the point? Um, so you never know. Another name I'm completely forgetting about. What did they do? Bobby Lashley and Keith Lee for the championship of WrestleMania. Could they be, I know he wasn't in the rumble, so I completely forgot about him. Uh, Mia Yim announced she had COVID, so that's probably why he wasn't there. But could they be setting up Bobby and Keith for WrestleMania potentially? They could. Uh, Keith's kind of in a weird predicament. Like I feel like Riddle's got more of a push than he has. I mean, he wasn't that Randy and Drew kind of, like, tri- love triangle, but then that kind of went to the wayside. So, I mean, it's possible, but I don't know. Now you got my hopes up for Drew and Brock, or Brock and Bobby, so I- I'd rather see that. <laughs> I know. I-, I get our hopes up here on the show, and then we end up settling for just complete bullshit where he faces, like, Humberto Carrillo on the kickoff show on night one of WrestleMania or something stupid like that. Um, but another person who had a very strong showing in the Rumble, Damian Priest, which we all expected for him to be there, lost the carrying cross back in New Year's Evil. He was expected to be called up any day now, a lot like Rhea Ripley. Um, but he wasn't, you know, just there to be there. He was there for a while. He took out John Morrison. He took out Elias. He took out Kane, which was awesome. Um, you know, it, it was cool seeing Kane in there. Kane hasn't been in a Rumble in several years, so getting that endorsement from Kane I thought was really cool. So, um, yeah, he was pretty dominant. He also eliminated The Miz. He had that but Bad Bunny alliance on Raw, which doesn't really do a lot for me. But apparently Bad Bunny got a lot of publicity from the MLB Network and other, other stations on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. So um, if they're getting publicity out of it, you know what? I, I really can't complain because we complain a lot, not you and I specifically, but people are like, oh, wrestling's not mainstream. And then they finally get some mainstream attention for, like, Bad Bunny, and people don't like it. So I don't give a fuck about Bad Bunny personally. I used the bathroom when he did his concert. Um, but you know what? If he's getting the more publicity... I mean, it's 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 got to be it's got to make sense. It can't be like for me, and I think you were a fan of it. I did not give two fucks about the Snooki thing at WrestleMania, in like uh, ten years ago, and it was just a waste of a match. Didn't help anybody. At least this might help Damian Priest because I 
I'm very skeptical of Priest immediately being programmed with the Miz and Morrison, who are just complete fucking losers right now. Um, but if he gets a push out of it and he gets some, you know, popularity, mainstream attention out of it, then I might be okay with it. Where do you fall with this, Mr. Mars? So with Priest being involved with Bad Bunny, Bad Bunny reportedly training at the uh, at the Performance Center, maybe setting up a match for Mania. I think that's too far away. What are your two cents in all of this? Oh, uh, less of bad, bad Bunny, the more Bad Bunny. I like less is better for me. Yeah. I mean, concert was. I mean, I don't even know if I'd say it was terrible. I just I don't speak Spanish, so I mean, I I, I didn't understand one word he said. Um, I mean, that's just that's the way it is. I mean, I heard so, he's had some songs that he does have English in it. And I would say they're pretty decent. I mean, they're, they're okay. I mean, I wouldn't say I'm a Bad Bunny fan, but I mean, I don't know. I like I understand it could do something for Priest, but like. Those just dragging him in with like a with a celebrity that like no offense. I honestly think at the time I think Snooki was more of a celebrity than fucking Bad Bunny is. I mean, I mean, I I at least knew who Snooki was from Jersey Shore. I think a lot more yeah. people could say. Uh, that. I mean, I mean that obviously, like you said, it did. I honestly have no idea who's even in that match with Snooki. I think it was like John Morrison and Trish. I, I mean, <laughs> yeah, it was Trish and John Morrison versus Lay Cool and Dolph Ziggler. I think. So yeah, no one really. That was just stupid. So, I mean, I just think, yeah, I could help Priest with a win, but like, is him and Bad Bunny beating Miz and Morrison are? It's not like they're like established, like winner. Like right now, they're probably one of the biggest losers in the company. They just constantly lose. They mean nothing. I mean, I, I guess a win would. I just, I just don't like. It's, it's nice to get him on the card. He's not in the battle royal, but I, he's facing two guys that mean virtually nothing at this point. He's with a celebrity that, I mean, I wouldn't say was the biggest, like, greatest showing of all time. I just, I don't know, I, I would keep Priest away, but I guess it would be better than him in, the ro- in, in, like, the Battle Royal. So, it's okay, but I just, I don't know, I don't really love them with celebrities. I feel like it always kind of, it never works out at the end. Are we going to get Miz and Morrison versus Priest and Bad Bunny at Mania where Priest and Bad Bunny win, but then Morrison, or rather Miz, goes on to cash in Money in the Bank later on in the night and then beats Edge or McIntyre or whoever for the WWE Championship 10 years removed from when he made event in Mania 10 years ago? No, thank you. No, thank you. Good God, that would be awful. As bad as Goldberg winning the belt would be, I listen. And you're talking to the biggest Miz fan in the world. That sounds awful. That sounds so bad, and it's not his fault. The booking has done him zero favors. But uh, anyway, it was cool to see Priest on Raw this week. Um, I am a little skeptical, though. I don't think Raw was a good fit for him. I think he would have been better off on SmackDown. Raw already has Riddle. They already have Keith Lee. They called these guys up in the last year. They're like the new fresh faces. I feel like they're like the old toys if they just bring in Priest and push him over them. I think SmackDown could have benefited from having Priest over Raw, but that's just me. Yeah, I think SmackDown would have made more sense. They haven't really had too many new call-ups. I mean, like Dominic would probably be the newest guy. I mean, they have a decent little mid-card, but, I mean, I don't know. Maybe they thought, maybe because Priest, maybe he's the one that they want to put against Bobby, so maybe that's who. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, it seems like uh, Big E's already dealing with Sammy and Apollo, so I feel like he already has the program there. Maybe that's why, but then, like you said, then you throw... I mean, I don't really care about Riddle. I feel like he's just been a fucking joke since he's been on the main roster. But at least Keith Lee, I think they had maybe... I don't know. I think it's it's more for Keith that's kind of like throwing on the wayside. Riddle, I mean, I don't care. But I, I would say it does more damage to Keith unless they are gonna they have bigger aspirations for him than, than anything. Because I feel like Damien's like the new toy right now. 
Yeah, I know there were reports a couple of weeks ago about how, I mean, this was then flat out confirmed that he was supposed to be on SmackDown and then Owens and Roman, not vetoed him being on SmackDown, but didn't really want him involved in their feud because it made no sense. And they were completely right to do that because it made absolutely no fucking sense for him to be like Owens' friend. I don't really understand why it has to be like Priest or nobody. Like the fact that no one came to Owens' aid of the pay-per-view made absolutely no sense to me. Um, the guy's been beaten three times now, all with interference. And the matches are great, don't get me wrong. And I guess it does kind of make sense in that Owens has portrayed people before. He betrayed Chris Jericho. He betrayed Sami Zayn. He betrayed the New Day a couple of years ago. Like, he's not a very trustworthy person. But then, like, do you turn him heel? So that's my next question for you. Again, I talked about this on Hashtag. What the hell do you do with Kevin Owens after this? I uh, just, I don't know. It's like, like you said, clearly no one comes out to help him. But, like you said, he does have a history of turning on people. So then it's like maybe he's a babyface that doesn't have friends because he turns on them eventually. Yeah. But then he loses three times in a row. Not clean. So, I mean, that kind of helps on his favor. But then he also lost interference every time. Like, did a cage match, he got interference. Like, it seems like, I don't know, like, he lost, but, like, they're not convincing losses. And it's not like he lost clean, but, like, he's not going to go for the title again. He lost three fucking times. Yeah. So, I mean... He, he might be a battle royal casualty, unfortunately. I just, I don't know. They they push him, and then they just seem like they just, they maybe they don't see him at that level anymore. I, I don't know. Like I don't know if they ever did, to be honest with you. I don't think they ever did. Yeah, I think they he, they feel like he's more of a, a mid-card guy that maybe they could push in a, in a main event scene. And, like, he obviously won the championship, which wasn't intended for him. Um, but I just, I don't know. I feel like they think maybe he's a mid-card guy that can work a main event program but never get to that that point of being a champion I, I don't know I just I don't think he's beating Roman nor should he and I just like they, they're not gonna do him and Seth again him and Brian I mean you would have to turn him heel and I think Brian and Rollins makes more sense at this point don't tell me we're getting Owens and Corbin god no no thank you like I said at this point might as well just put him in the battle royal unfortunately I just unless they do a multi-man for the for the IC belt but besides that I, I just his puzzle piece just doesn't fit anywhere, I feel like, at this point. Maybe turn him heel and have him face Ray, because I know he's really close with him, and I know he's, you know, idolized him, maybe. But, like, I, I like Owens better as a babyface at this point, so I'm not really sure what you did with him. Yeah, him and Ray at this point would be, like, a fucking pre-show match, unfortunately. Yeah, Ray has just been so damaged recently, too. It just wouldn't matter. So, uh, yeah, no, I agree on that front, too. It's It's been long enough. we got to get into the Women's Rumble, which we kind of already touched upon a little bit, but I thought the Women's Rumble was very good overall, actually. Um, <laughs> they're scraping the bottom of the barrel for some of these cameos, uh, like with from Jillian Hall and uh, Alicia Fox. I think it was cool that they're in there, um, just because, one, we haven't seen them in a while. I've never been the biggest Alicia Fox fan, but to her credit, though, I don't think she's ever been in the Women's Rumble. She was supposed to be in it the year that we went, but I think she got hurt like the day before, so she never had the chance to be in one. She got her moment this year. She was the 24-7 champion. What did he fucking do? So I don't have a problem with the women being in there. Jillian Hall, we have not seen in like a decade. And it wasn't like, oh, that's a waste of a spot. I'm not even saying that. It was one of those things where it was like, I rolled my eyes, but it was like, oh, because I just, I never cared about Jillian. Like, I, I think she was a good heel. Um, but it was funny. Like, when, when Vicky Guerrero showed up in 2018, I'm like, holy God, this is just stupid. But like in a good way. Uh, so we got them. We got a couple of NXT people. I heard Tony Storm had replaced Mia Yim because Tony was in last year, but she was in this year too, and she looked good. 
Shotzi was in there for a cup of coffee. Um, Dakota Kai was in there for a cup of coffee. Rhea Ripley had a fucking phenomenal showing. The fact that Santana Garrett lasted longer than either Shotzi or Dakota Kai makes, or Ember Moon for, for that sake, makes absolutely no sense. I'm not really sure why she was in there. Uh, are, are they reintroducing Santana Garrett? What the hell's up with that? I thought that would, I thought that spot would go to like Chelsea Green or something. No, I mean, I was, I, I mean, I was pretty surprised. I mean, I like Santana. I just, I, I do too. Yeah, but I just think uh, they've never really given her a fair shake. So, I mean, she did great on Sunday, so it was, it was kind of surprising. But no, I mean, Dakota. I think I, I was saying to you, I think Rhea probably should have, uh, not Rhea, Raquel probably should have been it. But maybe they want to keep her dominant, yeah. uh, having her get tossed. So that does make sense. But no, I mean, I thought the women's one was fine. I, I think at first it kind of got clogged up. I felt like there was just so many people in there and they, no one was getting eliminated. Yeah. I fucking marked for Jillian Hall. Oh, my God. <laughs> you I, know you I, want uh, me. Oh, yeah. I died laughing for that. So, I mean, she's not the greatest, but it, it got... Oh, yeah. She's one. fucking terrible in the ring. <laughs> but, no, I thought it was hilarious. I mean, Victoria, I mean, she was fine. Oh, um, love Victoria. I thought That was my highlight of the entire Rumble. I thought that was... I don't think I said that here on the show last week, but she's been gone a lot like Jillian for like a decade. She is actually really, really good. I'm glad she lasted a while. And I mean, she was only in there for seven minutes, but um, it felt like longer. Jillian all lasted longer than her. What? Yeah. Uh, oh, uh, yes, she did. I hate that. I hate that, that that's a thing. But she hit the widow's peak on Peyton Royce, which was fucking cool because that was her move before it was Peyton's. Um, I don't know why it took them this long to bring back Victoria. I don't think she's going to get a real run out of it. She's like she's like 47 or something, which I, I did not know. I did not know that. She retired a couple of years ago, but I was very happy to see Victoria. I love the music. I know Lady to Mess With, oh, or whatever the fucking theme is. I thought it was awesome. Nicki Minaj actually did the theme. There you go. But, yeah, yeah I mean, it was nice to see Victoria in there. I mean, she didn't. She had a fine little showing. Um, I mean, Tori Wilson came back. I, I marked for Tori. Forgot about Tori. She was cool, yeah. Um, Alicia Fox, I almost shut the Royal Rumble off. I mean, the fact that they categorize her as a legend is just mind-blowing. <laughs> um, I just, I honestly don't care about Alicia Fox at all. Um but no, I think everyone else is fine. I mean, Tamina's terrible, but she's got to be in there. Nia's terrible. I thought it was fine for what it was. I mean, Payne was in there for a while, so I can't hate on that. Um, I mean, if you're looking at the times here, I mean, I mean, Naomi, great to see Naomi back. Naomi, Naomi's back. Baszler, Ripley. Naomi had a hell of a showing. I thought she was great. I was very happy to see her in there, too. So, I mean, I thought it was good. I, I just... They need to start doing more with these people. Like, I love fucking Peyton Royce. I think she could be money for them. I, I don't know. They, like, she, I'm pretty sure she eliminated someone of importance. I can't remember who she eliminated, but could have she eliminated someone important and like she just they just tossed her out like a sack of shit after that. So uh, she I'm, chucked out Liv Morgan, but she. I mean, obviously she pinned Bailey back at Survivor Series. So no, I mean, I don't know. They, I don't know what. If, I don't get it. Like they seem like they want to push her, and then like they don't do anything with her. And I think she's she's like I don't know. I think she could be money for them. I I don't know. And I know the division is does have a lot of women in it, so maybe that's why. I I don't know. Like I think she maybe fit better on SmackDown right now. I just feel like Raw has so many heels that maybe she gets lost in the shuffle there. Like they have Nia, they have Shayna, they have Lacey, they have. I mean, I'd consider Charlotte a heel. Charlotte. I mean, Alexa Bliss. I mean, they don't really have any, like, big breakout baby faces right now besides, like, Asuka. I mean, Mandy Rose, Dana Brooke. I mean, SmackDown, they have Bailey, Carmella. I mean, 
I guess they do have heels on SmackDown, but I, I feel like that's what Peyton's issue is. She's just she's in the clog clog of heels on Raw. I, I think yeah. she could be. No, I agree. I, I I hope they would give her more of a chance, and she's supposed to be teaming with. La- I I would glad. I would be perfectly fine with her not be teaming with Lacey because that team makes no sense to me. Um, I would much rather prefer her on her own. I don't know. Yeah, I, I hope they push her at some point. I hope they push Naomi. Um, she's been around for a decade, and she just doesn't have that same Natalia feel to me, where it's like, oh, here comes Naomi. I don't care. Like, I don't know. She's still exciting to me. Maybe it's because she's actually taking time off. Natalia's always fucking there. Um, but then again, Tamina's taking time off, and I still don't care about her. But she's actually bad, so that's that's a different thing. <laughs> and not team bad either. She's just genuinely bad. How bad is it that the last like of the last six spots, five of them actually of the last seven spots. One went to Carmella, which was a complete fucking waste because she already faced Sasha earlier in the night. I know they need to fill the 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 um the entrance and whatever, but she was in there for forty seven seconds. Who cares? Uh, Tamina was at twenty five. I fucking hate Tamina. She's terrible. Um, Lana came back. They furthered the Shane and Nia story that I just don't care about. Um, Nia was in there, and Natalia Nia was twenty nine, and Natalia was thirty. Who cares? Um, <laughs> Alexa Bliss, I actually enjoyed the fact, I didn't, you know, love it, but I didn't mind the fact that she was only in there for a minute. I just think it wouldn't have made any sense for her to be in there any longer. They kind of booked themselves into a corner because if she was in there for 10 minutes as the Firefly character, why wouldn't she have transformed? And if she transformed, then she would have to win. So I think what they did, and Rhea looked smart for doing it, she just chucked her out before she even had a chance to transform. So I thought that was... I actually had no problem with that whatsoever. So it made sense. I don't know. I just... I, I'm a fucking Alexa Bliss mark. So, I mean, I just didn't want to see her get eliminated. But no, it made total sense. If she transformed, in theory, she should have won then. And then people would have been pissed if she didn't win. So it made sense. But I feel like on Raw, they... I mean, I guess they did a little, like... Didn't really follow up with on Raw. But no, I, I, I thought it made sense. For what, for what should have happened... It made sense, and it made Rhea look like a smart baby face for once. Yeah, exactly. And I thought Rhea had an amazing showing. She was in there for 39 minutes, had seven eliminations, more than anyone else in this match anyway. And again, she was in there for a while. She was in the final two. She could have conceivably won, and she didn't. She wasn't on Raw. Apparently, they don't know what roster she's going to yet, which makes no sense to me. And I think putting her on SmackDown would be a mistake. I just don't think that's a good call. They're, They're pushing Bianca as they should be, and I was very happy Bianca won. She's kind of the breakout babyface over there right now, and Rhea shouldn't be heel, so... It's like Bailey's already elevated Bianca. She doesn't need to elevate Rhea right now. I, I think Rhea would be a better fit on Raw, and she has the history with Charlotte, so it's like, if you don't put her on Raw, I feel like that's a massive mistake. No, they should put her on Raw. Like I said, we are just discussing the baby, the lack of... or Yeah, the, the maybe the abundance of heels on Raw. They don't really have too many Raw breakout babyfaces. I mean, you got Mandy, Dana. I mean, they're not. They really mean nothing right now. Yeah. Oscar. I mean, she really means nothing at this point. So they don't really have any breakout baby faces at this point. So I think Rhea and Raw makes way more sense than SmackDown. The problem is that they like, you know, they have a baby face there in Naomi, but they put her right in the tag team division. Why do I want to see Lana tag team with Naomi? I, Lana, or Naomi should be way above that shit. I mean, maybe if she had a partner that made sense, I'd be okay with it. But dude. Lana, come on, man. Like, I, I'm glad Naomi's doing something, I guess. Like, more than I can say for fucking Nikki Cross, who was in there for, like... I guess she was in there for longer than Victoria, but, like, no one... I honestly forgot she was even on the roster when she came out. Um, but I just... 
The tag team division is just a complete waste. I just I just don't care. Um, but Bianca winning was great. I thought her promo was great, and I'm glad they strapped the rocket on. They they strapped the rocket onto her. And I mean, I, I guess there was some uncertainty. Oh, who are they gonna have her face in Mania? If it's not Sasha Banks, what are we even doing here? Like she has to, she has to face Sasha Banks. That's the only match that makes sense. And I don't think she has to win. I honestly don't think she has to win. If I was booking, I would put the belt on her. But Sasha's never won at WrestleMania. I think she could afford a victory, and Bianca can look in defeat, and they can build to her winning the belt at some point down the road, a lot like when Sasha failed the win at WrestleMania 32. I think that is perfectly acceptable. Yeah, no, I, I don't think she needs to win either. I just, I don't know, maybe you could have a thing that Sasha just can't win the big one and eventually wins it. I, I, I think with, especially with Bianca, I think she just, the momentum to capitalize, and she would kind of have to win. I mean, Theoretically, she doesn't need to win, but I feel like with these breakout future stars, like they should win. Like Oscar losing at at WrestleMania 34 to Charlotte, like that killed her, but it did it didn't help her. I mean, the next year or two, she just did for fucking nothing. So, I, I if I if I was booking, I I would have Bianca beat Sasha. I mean, Sasha's been champion now for a few months. She's been dominant. Um, she doesn't have. I think she's established one of the. Yeah, she hasn't won yet WrestleMania, but. She, can, she she has time. She can get her her moment down the line. I think if they want to establish more credible women than just the four horse women, I, you, I think you have that Bianca win here. Yeah, I, I yeah I would put the belt on her, but again, I wouldn't be overly pissed if she lost. So it depends on how they do it, how the feud is built up. The aftermath is the most important thing because after Oscar lost, it's like okay, that was dumb, but she could always rebound. She literally went on to lose to Carmella twice on pay per view. And it's like, okay, she's just... After going undefeated for, like, three years, she lost to Carmella twice. With or without interference from James Ellsworth, it doesn't matter. It's in the record book, so... I hope they don't do the same thing to Bianca, but we'll see. Quickly, though, I know we talked a lot about Rumble and Raw and whatever. Um, or I guess I'll mention this one thing. Do you want to see one more run for Carlito? Because he looked great on Raw as he did in the Rumble. Yeah, I would say a nice a little run would be good for him. I mean, he looked great. Um, he looked good on Raw as well, so, I mean, maybe a little quick run, and then he can call it quits or maybe become a producer or an agent. But, yeah, I thought he looked great on Raw, and he looked good in the Rumble. I feel like he could be MVP 2.0, where, like, they bring him back as a one-off in the Rumble, and they realize, I mean, MVP wasn't in, like, phenomenal shape. They just kind of brought him in as a character, and then he became a manager. They never pushed him in the ring, although he did get a United States Championship match at SummerSlam, so I can't say that. Um, but he's doing great work right now, the Hurt Business. It could be the same situation, and MVP's a lot older than Carlito. Carlito, I think, is only like 41, maybe, because he came in really young 20 years ago. Um, he's relatively on the younger side, considering like MVP was like 47, and he's killing it right now. So I think it's perfectly acceptable if they bring back Carlito for a little mid-card run on Raw. I would totally be cool with that. As long as he doesn't end up on main event in a month against Angel Garza, then I'm totally okay with that. Um, and I heard Angel Garza was supposed to be in the Rumble, and they pulled him, I guess, because they had to have the fucking hurricane in there or something. I don't know. I like the hurricane, but, like, they already had him in when we went, so it's not like it was necessary. Um, I feel like he was in there just to replace Keith. That's probably what happened, but oh well. Uh, quickly, though, just to talk about, again, I know we talked a lot about Rumble and Raw, but from NXT and Dynamite, uh, from NXT, I thought it was a good show. They had the furthering of the Dusty Classics, Tommaso Thatcher advanced, Legado del Fantasma advanced, Kai and Gonzalez had a very good match in the opener. Um, Edge showed up, putting Pete Dunne and Finn Balor on notice, which I thought was awesome. It wasn't just a random appearance by Edge. You know, he you know, confronted Balor, he confronted Dunne, he even had a run-in backstage with fucking Karrion Cross later on in the show. 
Do you think we might be seeing more of Edge on NXT in the road to WrestleMania, or was this just a quick tease? Because we haven't seen any Rumble winner confront the NXT champion before, which I thought was cool. Yeah, I mean, I think just even if he doesn't make his decision for a few months, I mean, I don't think that's the route they're going in, but at least teasing it and making it seem like it's a possibility can't hurt. I mean, it's not, I, can't, I don't think there's any negative to it, so why not just keep doing it? But, I mean, at the end of the day, I don't think he'll be contending for the, that belt, but I think just teasing it alone, like, kind of makes it feel, feel like it's a little bit bigger just because, like, he could be going for the big belt, but he's, like, kind of looking at the younger talent maybe that interest them more than in going against the big guys right now. Yeah, no, I think that's I think that's really cool. The only reason, I think it would have been cool if McIntyre did that last year, not go for the NXT title, but tease it. The only reason they didn't was because they set Brock and Drew in stone literally like the next night on Raw. And you already knew that's who he was facing because he eliminated Brock in the Rumble. Like, they made it very obvious. With Edge, it's more unpredictable. Um... And, you know, the, the, the possibilities are endless. He could face Drew. I want to see him face Roman. He could face Finn Balor. There's options. So, hey, he could show up on fucking NXT UK next week and confront Walter for all we know. He said any champion, so who knows? Um, but, yeah, no, I thought that was cool. Quickly from Dynamite, why the fuck is Joey Janela getting an AEW TNT Championship match next week? Your guess is better than mine, GSM. I was, uh, to say perplexed when that was announced would be an understatement. Um, I, I just, I, I mean, I don't, I don't watch dark religiously like you do unless Ty Conti's on it. I, I, I don't remember seeing Janela on it winning, beating any jobber. So I'm not sure exactly why he's getting a title match. They, they just, I, I, maybe he has like pictures of Tony, Tony Khan that we don't know about, but <laughs> they're, they're, I just, even the, the worst part is it's not even like, just like casual people like this guy sucks. Like even AEW like stands can admit that Joey Janela is fucking terrible. So like I said, he must have pictures on Tony Khan or the Young Bucks or something because this guy keeps getting booked and he is horrible. And I just, I when I saw that he got the title match, it just was like, why? I just shrugged my shoulders and was just like, I love Darby. So uh, Darby's definitely grown on me. So I, I like that. Like he'll be defending the belt. I was literally thinking when he came out, like they said, like eighty-eight days as champion. I'm like, besides like beating Cage, like I don't even remember him defending the belt. And they're like, oh, next week he's facing Joey Janela. Yeah. I'm like, Dude, why? Like, you couldn't find anyone better? Like, I just... Like Scorpio Sky or someone like that, for God's sake. Anybody. Anyone else. A janitor. Get the janitor out. <laughs> Get What was his name? Uh, Gary Garbutt, the janitor. Remember Cedric Alexander dressed up as a janitor a couple of years ago on the main event of Raw? He teamed with, like, Roman or something like that. Just bring back fucking him and have him get the TNT title shot. Seriously. Anyone but Janela, honestly. So this was a mixed bag of a show for me. I thought Beach Break was a good show overall. I said solid. I do use that word loosely sometimes. Um, you seem to enjoy the show more than I did. I liked the show. I just thought something... It was a very hit-or-miss show. I thought the main event was great. I thought it was a really, really good main event with Omega and the Good Brothers beating Moxley Pack and uh, Ray Phoenix. We had the uh, appearance of Kenta, which was fucking awesome. I thought that was really cool to kind of set up Moxley and Kenta for the IWGP US Championship. Um, the Hardy and Hangman stuff made sense. Chaos Project should absolutely, by no fucking means, be on Dynamite. They just uh, Luther is so beyond terrible. Like I can't, I can't emphasize that enough. He's just so bad. Um, but that served its purpose. I thought Baker and Thunder Rosa had an excellent match. Definitely one of the better Br- Baker matches I've ever seen. The women's tournament is a complete waste of time, just because Baker should already be the number one contender. Um, I thought the tag team battle royal was a fucking mess. They furthered some feuds, but. The problem was that, like, so they opened the match. I'm watching with Alexis. I'm watching with her brother. And they're like, okay, what are the rules here? 
And they didn't say it when the show opened. There was just a bunch of people in the ring. And I told them, I'm like, I think when someone gets eliminated, the whole team is gone. And then Tony Schiavone said the same thing. I'm like, okay, so that backs up what I said. And then someone from, like, I think Alex Reynolds got bumped. But then John Silver was still in the ring. So Tony was wrong. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on here? And then, like, Matt Jackson got tossed out randomly at one point. I'm glad Jericho and MJF won. I thought that made sense. I thought they were going to win. But the match itself was just just way too many people. Like, AEW takes multi-man shit to the next level. It just doesn't make sense to me. Um, the wedding was fucking dumb. That was just... Uh, we all expected that, but... I was hoping for some sort of a surprise or something. They got Father James Mitchell in there from Impact, the former manager of uh, Abyss. I thought that was cool. The wedding itself was paint-by-number shit. The Lumberjack match was good, but just way too chaotic. Just kind of a chaotic show and uh, not in a great way. But I thought there was some cool stuff. I thought the main event made it a worthwhile episode. So uh, what were your thoughts, Mr. Marceau, on any of what I just said? Yeah, I mean, I'll just kind of rip through it quickly here. I mean, a tag match, I... It was a cluster like they always are with those battle royals. I, I don't understand when the young bucks are in it. They're like, oh, if they win, they'll face the good brothers. I, I like, like that. I was fine with that. I just nah, thought the way they executed was stupid. That's fucking stupid. That's, <laughs> I'm so out on that. Like the champions in it. Like the Royal Rumble with Lesnar, it made sense because like no one could beat him. So it's like, oh, I'm unstoppable. So see if someone can beat me and throw me out. And then eventually the payoff made sense. But like you said, like Matt Jackson got thrown out randomly. Who, who even chucked him out? I didn't even see who th- eliminated him. I don't know who eliminated him. But, like, in the past, I'm pretty sure it was, like, if one member got thrown out, then the team was out. I know they've done that before, so. A lot they, of teams, like, yeah. It's supposed to work that way. Yeah. And then, like, FTR was in it because they beat up Luchasaurus last week. was fucking stupid. <laughs> it was dumb. Um, so dumb. And then, like, obviously I figured that Jericho and MGF would win. And, like, he eliminates Sammy and then eliminates what's face. But they're like, oh, my goodness, he betrayed Sammy. Like, he didn't technically, like, purposely throw him yeah. out. Like, he just, like, kind of dumped him with the other guy and like they made it seem like Jericho just like they were butting up and Jericho just tossed them over like they would do it like partners like in the Royal Rumble like they like I think they're gonna team up then he throws them out like he just kind of like dumped both guys and Sammy just happened to fall out so mm-hmm. like oh my god betrayal like no no that wasn't really done like that so that was whatever I mean we kind of knew that Sammy or MGF and Jericho were gonna win but for what it was it was I guess fine but their battle royale is always a cluster uh, Hangman and Matt Hardy I mean one thing with Hangman, it seems like he has no direction. Yep. But whatever he's doing, he looks dominant. I mean, he didn't get any of the shit that Chaos Project has on him. I mean, he was in and he was hitting offensive moves, didn't take a bump at yep. all. So, I mean, I can't complain on that. That's that's the best thing that can happen with him. If he has no direction, at least get the shit away from him and make him look <laughs> wrong. So, like, I like that. Matt Hardy winning. I mean, I, 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 I guess that's fine. I mean, it just, whatever. <laughs> I don't really care, but at least Hangman looks strong. Um, Britain Thunder Rosa, great match. I mean, the tournament, like you said, makes legit no sense because I mean, Britt Baker's the number one contender. Why the hell are you doing this tournament? What so she can win it? I mean, she's the number one contender. There shouldn't be a tournament. I, I get it. Like maybe the Phil Timer athlete they care about the women's division, but <laughs> I mean, she hasn't been on the show in forever. Um, Britt, no, she hasn't. Just been out a month. Exactly. She, I mean, Britt Baker's clearly the number one contender. I just, like I said, I think it's just so they show, oh, look, we're, we care about our women's division. We're going to put these matches on TV. I mean, I love Ty Conti, but I mean, she shouldn't be going for the championship. It's fucking Britt Baker, LOL. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think what else on the show. The Lumberjack match, I mean, no need to be a Lumberjack match. And of course, it was just a fucking 
dumpster fire. I mean, the bear guys <laughs> jumped in and helped. I mean, I don't even know who the fuck they were. Isn't there supposed to be a disqualification? I've never seen the lumberjack match where if they attack them at ringside, that makes sense. But if they get in the ring, that's usually a disqualification from what I understand. Yeah, like I said, I have no idea who those bear guys were. I'm just like... They're on dark. They're they're good, but yeah, that's wrong. Um, now, I don't understand, like, why Lance Archer's a face now. They never can. <laughs> He's just really turned face. So, I mean, that I guess that's that's for what it's worth. Um, I mean, I'm fucking head over heels for Jade and Shaq versus Cody and Red Velvet. <laughs> who cares? I can't, wait, can't wait for that. That's on Dynamite, and that's not on the pay-per-view either. I know. Team Taz still looks like pussies, so, I mean, that's just another... <laughs> Same shit, different week. I'm like, oh, if we were out there, th- we're, if we were out there, we'd come after you. It's like, dude, last four weeks you're out there and you ran away. What do dude, you mean? They have zero heat right now. Zero. They zero They're literally a dog with that, that with bark and no bite. They just talk shit and don't do anything about <laughs> it. So we can't wait for them to be uh, chastised next week by staying. You already know that's going to happen. Yep. Um, the main event was good for what it was. I mean, Kenta coming back was cool. I feel like it was flat as hell, though. The crowd didn't seem to care that much. I mean, the casual person would have no idea who Kenta is. So. Understandable. There was it a good was, reaction, was, I thought. Yeah, it it was wasn't sting it level, was. but it was good. Yeah, it was fine. Like I said, it was a mixed show. The, thing, the people that I like, I think they had decent nights, but the show in general is just like, eh. What about the wedding? You missed the wedding. Oh, the... Yeah, the wedding needed to be missed. I love, I like Father James Mitchell. Besides that, the rest of it was fucking stupid. God, that was such a waste. I'm like, what'd you say? Orange Cassie coming with cake. Like, no one saw that coming. Dude, what, the, what makes no sense is that Rusev Miro was like, oh, we've been here before. When that wedding that we went to in Hartford a year and a half ago and the last Raw 2019, he came out of the fucking cake. Did Miro. must have forgot. Oh my god, that was such a train wreck. I'm like, it was so flat. Like you talked about the Kenta thing being flat. That was the definition of like a fucking flat whatever angle. It was so, <laughs> it, it it was flatter than the Earth that AJ Styles thinks is flat, or at least is believed to be flat. Though that's a different conversation for a different day. Just that the segment sucked. Um, I was waiting for something to happen. I'm like, oh, is someone gonna come out and? I don't know. It was just a waste I, of time. Are you ready for next week? Uh, Lee Johnson and Cody versus P- P- Freddie Peter Avalon. Brother, why? Why? Can't wait. Can't wait. I'm like, I'm like, I checked my, I, I paused there for a second. I'm like, oh, that's. <laughs> I literally said to myself, "You're gonna die." I go to myself. <laughs> that's weird. They're advertising the main of Dark a week in advance. I'm surprised. And then I'm like, oh wait, that's on Dynamite. Oh wait, never mind. <laughs> I mean, I saw that. I was like, "Why?" <laughs> Pretty like, ugh. Cody is the definition of you talk about Paige being directionless. He has more. He he has a fucking GPS compared to Cody Rhodes right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! They show like the video package of Jade. I'm like, she's gotta be. I honestly can't wait for the match because I want, I need to see how bad she is. I mean, there's zero chance she's good, and I can't wait to just like. Just laugh. I mean, she could surprise me, but, like, just seeing the way she walks, she just looks clunky as hell. I, I'm <laughs> expect a stellar performance out of her. I feel like she looks like a million bucks, but she's worth, like, a nickel in the ring. She's probably, she's going to be, like, Mason Ryan bad, and I'm going to fucking die laughing. <laughs> <laughs> hey, she could prove me wrong, but, I mean, I, I don't see that happening. I... I the worst part is it would be like one thing if it was like Cody, Cody and Red Velvet versus like 
I don't know, Scorpio and Jade, at least, like, they can do the brunt of the match, and maybe she come in for, like, a couple, like, what's Shaq and Cody going to have a Matt Classic? I mean, and Red Velvet's greener than goose shit, so I can only imagine what her and Jade's back and forth are going to be. I mean, it'd be one thing if they had someone across the wing that they could do most of the work, and then, like, they could come in and Jade could, like, do some, like, strong muscle moves, but, like, Cody's not going to have a Matt Classic with Shaq, so it seems like Red Velvet and her are going to do the majority of the work, and... Holy smokes. I, I'm going to make sure I double DVR it that week. Oh, my God. What just, uh, I don't know. Thank God that it's not on the pay-per-view because at that point, and I guess it doesn't really matter, but if yeah, if, sometimes I watch Dynamite like after NXT, so I'll know to fast-forward it, and then we'll just shit on it. I'll just catch the highlights, and we can shit on it on that week's show. So looking forward to that, if nothing else. But I'm also looking forward to breaking down Raw, NXT, Dynamite, all the usual stuff next week. Um, I think uh, we got takeover predictions coming up next Thursday. We have takeover Saint. Not I thought I was gonna say I was gonna say Saint Valentine's Day massacre. I guess that's too uh, not PC in 2021, which is understandable. But they are calling it Vengeance Day. I thought that was really cool. Yeah, I mean that's pretty cool. I mean I was back back in the day. Those Vengeance pay per views are pretty sick. I mean I'm still waiting for Unforgiven and Judgment Day, but uh, <laughs> hey, we got no, backlash I mean, back last year, so it's 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 inevitable. Yeah, I mean, Judgment Day used to be my favorite, so they need to bring back Judgment Day, and then I'll be satisfied, but no, it's it's nice that NXT does the nods to the old shows and kind of gets the nostalgia. I feel like their base audience is our age, so like yeah. the 18 to 35, and I mean, I'm 27, and I mean, those shows are those, those shows are just like eminent in my brain, so that's not <laughs> the audience that like they're aiming for. So I mean, I mark for those old shows. Yeah, no, I I completely agree. Um, how do you not do a live NXT takeover? Maybe not a takeover, but like a live NXT episode special, like New Year's Evil, and not have Karrion Cross in the main event going for the championship or whatever, defending it, going for it, and not call it Judgment Day. I mean, that just writes itself. Yeah, I mean. Take my pesos. Or, or Armageddon. That's another one I could see them bringing back for carrying Cross, too. Yeah, I mean, Judgment Day used to be in, like, May and June around yeah. then, so they could definitely do that um, if possible. I mean, I'm, I'd be so down for that. Yeah, I'm, I'm putting my pesos down on that. I would absolutely love to see that come uh, later on in 2021. But this has been great, Mr. Marceau. New episodes every single Thursday. WrestleRant.com, WrestleRantRadio.com, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio. We'll be back next week with a new episode talking all things Raw. SmackDown, not SmackDown. We don't, re- we don't really talk about SmackDown. Keep that uh, Murphy Aaliyah shit on. Uh, <laughs> even though it hasn't been on SmackDown in a while, I'm sure you're heartbroken. Oh, I, I'm pissed. <laughs> you stop. You you you're uh, boycotting SmackDown because they're not furthering that feud anymore. <laughs> I honestly I haven't watched it as much since they got rid of it. <laughs> I'm not surprised, but it is worth <laughs> watching for the Tribal Chief. Uh, but we'll be back, Mister. Ba- <laughs> we'll be back next week, Mister Marceau. Great as always. I'll catch your ass down the road, brother. Later.